Dominus Fabiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened which with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing, Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. Verbum Domini. It is right and fitting, right and just, that the sisters are celebrating a Mass in honor of Our Lady of Good Remedy on this feast day of Our Lady of Good Remedy because she really has helped provide for the needs of the network and the shrine. Mother Angelica, as the network was growing and larger sums of money were needed to keep everything afloat, saw an image of Our Lady handing money bags to St. John of Matha, the founder of the Trinitarians. And John and the Trinitarians were founded in 1198, a time when many Catholics were being taken into slavery by the Muslims. And the way that they were helping these uh, poor souls was that they were buying them at the slave markets, which required large sums of money. And so John of Matha turned to Our Lady, and her help was so successful in raising the money needed to free these slaves that he called her Our Lady of Good Remedy. And we can think about the network's continued growth over these 38 years, the building of this marvelous shrine and its support. And today it's right and fitting that we offer this Mass in honor of Our Lady of Good Rem Remedy, the sisters praying as the friars do, continual novena for the financial needs of these uh, enterprises. So Our Lady is our help, as we remembered yesterday, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. We remember today Our Lady of Good Remedy. And in today's Gospel, in Luke chapter 10, we see what has often been understood as the distinction in our, each of our lives, really, of the contemplative and active dimension of our lives. 
We know that the sisters' lives bear witness to the primacy of prayer, the primacy of prayer in our lives. And just by the witness of their lives, they remind each of us of the primacy of prayer. You know, Brother Leo often accuses me of being a workaholic. And he's, he's probably pretty close to the truth. If it wasn't for our horarium, I'd probably just get consumed with my projects. So we need that element of prayer. Martha is reminded by the Lord uh, not to be so anxious. And it's interesting, the, uh, the word that is used in today's uh, gospel by Luke says, Martha burdened with much serving. And was it more than that was required? She was burdened with much serving. And she asks a question that she's really expecting the answer yes to. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? And then she commands the Lord, tell her to help me. It is interesting that in the previous chapter, chapter 9, in Luke's Gospel, this is chapter 10, we have the account of the transfiguration. What does the Father say to Peter, James, and John on Mount Tabor? This is my son, my beloved son. Listen to him. And then what would our Lord say later when he would say to the apostles, he says, you know, there are many prophets and kings that long to see what you see and didn't see it, to hear what you hear and didn't hear it. So Martha is the one who is listening to the beloved son who has her ears ready to hear what he has to say. She sees herself as blessed in that hearing. So it is essential for us to see that primacy of prayer some have brought out the fact, you know, yesterday we had the scribe who asked the Lord, what's the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your neighbor as yourself. Well, we heard the neighbor yesterday in the Good Samaritan, and today, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And Jesus is referred to as the Lord in this gospel. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha says, Lord, do you not care? She is letting, as chapter 8 of Luke's Gospel tells us, anxieties and cares of this world choke off that seed. So obviously, we are called to welcome people. We are called to welcome the Lord, to serve, to put our energies at the service of the Lord and the service of others. But we can't get so consumed with much serving that it chokes off that word that we don't have the time just to listen. And I think adoration is a very particular way in which 
we are like Mary. We're sitting at the Lord's feet and we're just listening in the silence. We see ourselves blessed to be able to hear whatever he may say to us and inspire in us. And we're, we're fulfilling that role that our Lord said is the one thing necessary. Um, finally, as we're reading through the book of Jonah now, in the catacombs, I've spoken of them before, that word catacomb, these were the burial places in Rome from around the 300s, the early 300s, and even before then, where they would go down into the ground and build these caverns where the deceased Christians were laid to rest. And they would paint pictures of scenes from the Old Testament and from the New Testament. And in the catacomb of Marcellinus and Peter, I think there's some 60 catacombs in Rome, there's a painting in the ceiling, and the center of that is Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Around the Jesus with good, the Good Shepherd are people in the position of prayer, the Oran's position that the priest uses at Mass. And then on the sides of this are depictions of Jonah. Jonah, who is being thrown off the boat and being swallowed and then coughed up on the shore. Because this was seen, as our Lord himself refers to, as an image of the resurrection. That the Christians <clears throat> were put to rest in these catacombs, which comes from the word dormitory. In other words, it was a temporary place of rest. They were looking forward to the resurrection of the dead, that Jesus himself was buried in the earth for three days, and he rose again from the dead as a hope of eternal life. So in summary, let us have those two elements of our life, of prayer, of service. Let us look in gratitude to all that Our Lady has obtained for us in continuing these works that God has inspired. And always keep our eyes fixed on our hope, the resurrection from the dead that Jesus has promised to us and has prepared for us.